What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Potter Podcast, where you will find knowledge, resources, and information on everything real estate related. We are happy to have you join us today. And without further ado, let's jump into our topic and discussion for today. Hey guys, what's up? Today we're going to tackle an important question that a lot of sellers ask, especially as they're getting ready to list their house. And that question is, how should I price my home? Let's get into this because it's going to be a good one. Hey guys, what's up? We're going to tackle this question because it is a question that I think a lot of uh, homeowners are going to ask themselves at some point in the game when they get ready to sell their house. And that is how should I price my home, right? And they're always going to be a whole bunch of different examples. Um, And I think the first one that we want to discuss is a lot of people think that they want to price their house high uh, so that they have wiggle room for negotiations, right? And so um, they say, well, if I want to get, you know, this certain amount for my house, then I should price it higher um, so that when somebody comes in with an offer, if it's lower than the listing price or the asking price, um, they're going to be able to negotiate at least down to what they, they know as their bottom dollar. Um, and so here's the problem with that. Um, and the first thing that I want to kind of address there is, um, that's not necessarily the best way to go about doing it. And here's why, um, when you think about it, um, you think about, um, how many houses, um, are actually on the market, right? And so if you're a seller, you've got to be thinking about things such as, uh, how many houses are in my neighborhood that are for sale, right? So, um, how many houses are pending and under contract in my neighborhood, um, or within usually like a, a one mile radius, um, of something that's similar or comparable to my house. Um, and then you also want to think about, well, what's sold in the past, you know, three to six months in here. And, and is that necessarily the same, um, price that I could get for my house? Here's the problem with that. A lot of people, um, you know, and me included, um, a lot of people get emotionally attached to their house, right? I, we've all experienced it. We all know it. Um, you know, sometimes that's either uh, an aunt, a mom, a dad, uh, a son, a daughter, a coworker, whoever we've talked to, um, where they think that their house is worth a certain amount of money, right? And sometimes they pull this dollar amount from the cloud somewhere. Um, other times they pull it from what they've seen on Zillow or Realtor or another app that they've been looking at and comparing it to their neighbor's house or whatever. Um, but here's the thing and the problem that goes with that. One is um, obviously, you know, I we want to get past the emotional attachment of the house, right? Because like I said, if you've heard me in previous podcasts, um, a buyer is willing to pay what a buyer thinks your house is worth. So if you think that your house is worth $500,000, but a buyer is only worth or willing to pay $250,000, then that's what your house is worth. Um, now, obviously, you know, that's a little extreme, but it's my point that I want to make. Um, and I've said this before too, is that your list price is not necessarily the guaranteed price that you're going to get. In fact, the list price is a starting point. And that starting point tells you something as a seller. Um, you know, and the, the first question that I'm going to dive into here is, you know, I get asked the question a lot like, well, is that, is that too low, right? Like if I suggest a price that I think we should list at, um, 
usually if the if the seller has a number in their head and that's higher, they'll say, well, wait a minute, you know, that, that might be kind of low. I think we want to go here and they kind of share that, that price or whatever. Um, and then I'll ask them like, well, where did you come up with that number? Well, we saw it on Zillow or we saw like our neighbor's house down the street sold for this or whatever. But here's the problem is that's great if that's true, but then there's a bunch of other things that we have to think about. How much square feet is your house compared to your neighbor? Is your neighbor's house a ranch? Are you a split level? If that's the case, that's completely different comparable and we can't use that. Um, is their basement finished? Is your basement finished? Do you have the same amount of bedrooms, baths, garage spaces? You know, like do they have upgrades in the house that you don't have? So there's a lot of different things that you have to contemplate and look at. And you can't just say, well, my neighbor sold their house down the street for this and I want to get that same amount or more because we have to know what we're comparing it to. Okay, so again, that's where the buyer comes in and the buyer is going to say, yeah, I'm willing to pay that list price or eh, I don't think the house is worth that. So I'm going to offer this. And a lot of sellers will think that, oh, I just got lowballed. You didn't get lowballed. I mean, in some cases, yes, maybe you got lowballed because you've been on the market for a long period of time. <clears throat> uh, price too high uh, and that emotional attachment maybe. Um, but maybe that is what a buyer is willing to pay for your house. And so a lot of times it takes some time in these certain situations to actually um, get the seller to understand that this is kind of how this game works in real estate. Um, and so that is why you want to have an agent. And I've talked a lot about this in previous podcasts as well, is that's why you want to have an experienced, knowledgeable agent. And what I mean by that is don't go hire some part-time agent or some agent that does 10 to 12 deals a year and somebody that might be doing it as a hobby. Hire someone that is full-time, that has done about 30 to 35 year, 35 deals a year. And then you know that they have some experience. So you know that they have some experience and some skin in the game, but you also know that they probably have a better idea of what's going on with the market, what's being asked for on buyer's end versus seller's end, um, what's being asked for in inspections, you know, things like that that they're going to be able to speak into that you're not necessarily thinking about as a seller except for, obviously, the price. Um, so there's a lot of things that go into the strategy of getting your house on the market and getting it advertised. And I'm glad I just said that on the market. Uh, again, as we go back to price, one of the questions you need to think and ask yourself is, do I want to be listed or do I want to be on the market? Because there's a difference. There's a huge difference. If you're just listing your house as a realtor, I want no part of it because that means that oh, well, I think my house is worth this, so we're just going to throw it out there and see if we can you know, get this price. And we know that it's a ballpark. We know that it's a way out of the park uh, figure, number, that nobody's going to be willing to pay. But for some reason, because you saw something on Zillow or HGTV or something else, you think your house is worth more than it actually is. Um, and then it sits there for like three, four, five, six months, and you get angry at me as your realtor because I told you we should have listed a little bit below that. And by a little, I mean a lot. Um, or you get angry at yourself because now you've wasted four, five, six months on the market listed 
with no offers, right? And you've paid five, six months of a mortgage payment that you didn't need to pay if you would have priced it correctly. Um, so here's the thing. Sometimes you might want to trust your realtor because they probably know what they're doing. Now, again, I'll state that with let's hope that they that you've hired a realtor that has the experience and the knowledge and a proven track record of listings and sales and solds that you know that they've closed on. Okay, so here's the deal. You need to understand that you need to take the emotion out of it. And you need to look at the facts and the numbers, all right? You need to be real with yourself um, because one of the big things is if your neighbor's house just sold down the street and they completely remodeled it and your house hasn't been touched in 10 years, you're probably not going to get the same amount that your neighbor got that you're expecting. And that's just being realistic. I, I, I am a person that does not go into um, a listing appointment. I don't sugarcoat anything. You know, I will let my sellers know exactly where I think we need to be based off um, three things, basically. I will say condition. What's the condition of the house? Because that's going to give me a pretty good idea of what I think we can uh, put it on the market for. The second thing, again, is going to be uh, location. So location is going to be key because are we near schools? Are we near housing uh, that is far away from you know, 30 minutes from the nearest Walmart, or are we close to shopping? Are we close to restaurants? Are we close to a popular area that people want to be in? Um, are we close to schools? Are we close to, you know, we're going to be looking at a lot of those things as far as what's the neighborhood look like, right? Your house could be in pristine shape, but the neighbors around you may not be. That could affect the value of your home, believe it or not. Um, so again, you have to be starting to think about some of those things, or at least know those things as you're going into, um, that situation and what you're going to list. Now, again, I'm going to go back to the statement that I made about listing and being on the market. See, there's a difference between listing and being on the market. I, as your agent want to put your house on the market, which means that we're going to compete with other houses that are on the market. So what I mean by that is if there's three houses that are for sale in your neighborhood, what do you think I want to price your house at? Do I want to price it to to be the highest priced house in the neighborhood? Not really. I mean, if I'm going to be the highest price in the neighborhood that's on the market, then that thing better be pristine and you better have basically gutted the whole thing and put all the updates in it as you possibly could have because that's what's going to get us that number. Um, or you know, you're going to basically be realistic and look and say, okay, John and Jane over here have their house listed at X, Y, and Z. And Jimmy over here has his house listed at this one. Where do we want to list to compete with these guys? Because we're pretty comparable as far as what we see on pictures, square footage, and that kind of thing. Um, let's be aggressive, but let's not be too aggressive, right? Like let's, let's maybe be somewhere in the middle of those. You don't want to be on the low end. You don't want to be on the high end, but let's be in the middle and let's actually be on the market and compete. That's what I mean. If I say you're just listing, again, you're probably one of those sellers that's unrealistic, that's emotionally attached to your home, and that wants to price your house way out of the market. And so you just sit. And you may get one or two or four showings, and then you wonder why nobody's writing on your house. Um, that's why. And so that's why you want to hire a professional to help you with that because they're going to be able to see um, what they think 
your house should be priced at. Okay. So again, I say three things are going to sell your house, location, condition, and price. Now, you also need to have somebody that I would say is a good marketer and a good advertiser. In today's day and age, the newspaper is not a good place to advertise your property. So if you're hiring someone or you're wondering why your open house or something isn't in the newspaper, it's because we know that nobody looks at the newspaper anymore, right? What are people looking at? They're looking at stuff online. And I can tell you this because statistics will show us that we're getting so far out. Some have even gone to say uh, 12 to 18 months out that there is a spouse laying in his bed or her bed at night starting to look online at houses not even knowing that she's ready or he's willing to buy a house yet. But they start that process sometimes 12 to 18 months out now before um, they even begin that buying process. So we're talking about almost two years out. And what are they doing? They're laying in bed. They're scrolling through Zillow. They're scrolling through HomeSnap. They're looking on Realtor.com, all these other places um, to find a house to potentially make them move, which is going to move me to um, another interesting thing to think about is uh, I got asked this question actually today and, and they said, do you take your own photos? And I said, absolutely not. There's a reason why I do not walk through a home that I'm getting ready to list and take my own photos. Why would I not want to do that? Well, I have an iPhone 11 and I'm sure it takes amazing photos of the inside of the house. But let me tell you what I don't have. I don't have experience in taking photos of inside of houses to get them and edit them and to put them up on the MLS and on the internet for people to see. Let me tell you something. You need to know this as a home owner and someone who's thinking about selling their house. Your first showing is not when you get the phone call from the showing company or your agent asking if a time works for somebody to come into your house. That's the second showing. The first showing is when somebody's laying in bed, looking at your house, scrolling through the pictures and wondering to themselves, hey, can I see myself moving into this place and raising our family? That's your first showing. So think about that and think about why then our strategy, or at least my strategy and our team's strategy is to get as much eyeballs and traffic as we possibly can on that property via social media and the internet. The reason why we want to do that is because that's where everybody's at. Statistically, that's where we're at. I think we're in the high 90s percentage wise of people when they've done a a study that have said, uh, where did you find your house online? Now, online can mean social media, it can mean using an app, it can mean searching on the internet, but whatever the case is, they're searching online. So why wouldn't we market and advertise online? If you have an agent that's not doing that for you, they're doing you a disservice. And so a lot of times I'll, I'll get looked at by some of my sellers and stuff, uh, especially those that are older, and they'll kind of look at me like, are you sure it works? Well, statistically, it tells me it works. And statistically, it tells me as I work with our other buyers, that majority of them find your house online or through the MLS of us sending them something. So again, yes, it works. Um, So you need to be aware. And again, that goes back to experience and having someone who knows how to market and advertise your property properly. So you have to think about that as you're going through this process as well. It's not just about how do I 
um, how should I price my house, right? But it, it, it has a whole lot more to do with hiring the right agent to basically come in and take care of that for you. And so um, as you think about that and as you're asking yourself questions, there's a lot of other things um, that we can talk about that goes into that. But for the majority of that, I just wanted to hit on those things because um, we, you need to trust your agents to help you kind of navigate through that. And again, here's what you need to remember. The list price is the starting point. And this is why I tell people, I'm like, listen, I know that you think your house is worth X, Y, and Z. I'll just give an example. A seller says, hey, my house is worth 250. And I say, hey, you know what? Let's list at 239.9. Because here's why I'm giving that suggestion. And this is what you need to keep in mind. Right now, if somebody's asking me that question, it's a seller's market here in Omaha, Nebraska. I know that we have about 650 homes at this time on the market. A fair market would be about 6,000 homes on the market. So what does that tell me? Well, that tells me that there's a lot more buyers out there and a lot less houses for people to purchase. So it's going to create a frenzy. And what I mean by that is you're going to get a whole bunch of people that want to come see that house. And guess what? There's going to be 20 buyers that want to buy your house, but there's only one house to sell. What's that going to do? That's going to create a multiple offer situation. So in doing so, I'm going to create a little frenzy on our own. And we're going to price that a little bit lower than maybe what your neighbors are doing. Um, and if there are no neighbors, we're going to price it a little bit lower than where we think the comp should be. And we're going to, again, get as many eyeballs on that property and get many buyers thinking that this is a great deal. And then once they realize that they're in and there's 15 other people that are interested, guess what that does to your purchase price or your list price? It goes up past what we're listing for. And in some cases, we'll get you that 250. Um, that is again on a lot of other different things such as updates and things like that, but we can get into that later. Um, but again, you need to trust your realtor. You need to trust a realtor to know that that's what, uh, that they know what's going on in the current market and they know how to leverage that for you as a seller and, uh, that they're looking out for your best interests and not just trying to take a listing because they're desperate. Um, and they're trying to get something sold and they have no clue how to do it. So again, it's good to be educated. It's good to ask the right questions as you're working with, or maybe interviewing a couple, uh, different agents. But those are the things that you want to be thinking about as a seller. And as you're thinking about selling your house and realizing that there's a little bit more to the equation, uh, than just the purchase price, but it has other things such as location and condition of your house as well. And then also the market conditions, um, and then experience, from your agent and how they're going to go about marketing and advertising and uh, utilize uh, the tools and the resources that are out there for you uh, to get as many eyeballs as they possibly can, as much traffic through that house in the shortest amount of time to bring you an offer. Because at the end of the day, that's what you want. You want an offer and you want something that you can work with so that everyone's happy. They can move on. You got new buyers moving into the house of their dreams and then you're moving into uh, the house of your dreams, whether you're upsizing or downsizing. So with that being said, guys, hopefully that, uh, encourages you a little bit, challenges you maybe. Um, but really I think things to think about as you're a seller thinking about, uh, selling your house, uh, whether that's now or in the near future, now you got some key pointers to go off of. So thanks guys, as always hit me up if you have any more questions or you want me to elaborate on anything discussed in today's episode. Thanks again. 
As always, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Potter Podcast. To learn more about how you can connect with me, check out my website, potterpodcast.com. And there you can connect with me on my social media platforms. Until next time, stay hungry, work hard, dream big, and always stay humble. Talk to you soon.